Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. I'm going to preach uh, miracles, power, and compassion reveal the gospel. Okay. Mark chapter 8, <laughs> verse 1. Miracles, power, and compassion reveal the gospel. So in Mark chapter 8, verse 1, since I found out which place I put my glasses, I don't I think I'm good. I'm good. It says, In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him. Yeah, those are good, Mark. And again, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion. On the multitude. Aren't you glad that we have a God and we have a Savior that has compassion? Isn't that awesome? There's not a lot of compassion in this world these days, but He has never been without it. Amen. He said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them, or many of them, came from far. They, they, these weren't just local folks. People came from everywhere. And his disciples answered him and said, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And... He asked them, how many loaves have you? And they said, seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. Father, we thank you for the word today. Thank you for the atmosphere of worship that we long to worship you in this house, and we are grateful that you receive our worship. And Father, I just pray that you would reach out your hand and touch our minds and touch our, our will, and Lord, that you, we pray for this country. We pray, God, that you will just uphold it, that you would put, and put angels round about it, multitudes of angels. Father, that the conspiracies that are abounding and those that are looking for a time of weakness to break it, just to break it all up. God, I just pray that you just preempt all of that and reveal it and cause the opposite to come. And Lord, we'll give you praise for that. Anoint this word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, uh, it's not necessarily that Jesus was a big church kind of guy, but Jesus was an every man kind of guy. And so Jesus was on spot, whether it was just a couple people or whether it was great multitudes. 
And, uh, and he had a word. He had a word that was not heard before that time. People knew the law. If they were uh, Jews, they knew the law and they knew all the requirements. Uh, and they knew that the Old Testament said that the Messiah would come someday. Uh, but yet the prophets, imagine this, the prophets that prophesied the coming of the Son of God, none of them were alive to see that happen. You know, none of them were. And so, but they prophesied and they gave what God had to say. And so uh, these people had to choose, well, wait a minute, these guys have lived their life and died and, and this hasn't happened. And they just had to choose whether or not they're going to believe the prophet, you know. And, and we, we need to do that. We need to understand uh, that it doesn't have to come before we believe. In fact, the best way to operate in the kingdom of God is believe first. Believe first, and then the answer will come. And so Jesus was in uh, the days of a great multitude that was there, and, and they had not prepared anything to eat. Um, and, you know, even when we're overseas and, and there's big crusades, uh, there's, there's something to eat. Uh, sometimes you're eating what is that. Uh, so you don't know exactly what it is. And uh, I've been at a few places where I've asked somebody, what, what, are, what are they serving us? And they said, you don't want to know. And I said, okay. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you've got a big crowd, you're going to get a hold of whatever you get a hold of, I guess. But Jesus had compassion on them. The people were hungry. They were hungry for what he was speaking. They were hungry uh, for the word of God. And there was something about Jesus that drew people. And uh, of course, it was that unction and that anointing and that calling. And God had prepared and, and set it in place. And so in this situation where they were there already three days and they had nothing to eat. And he said, now, if I send them away now, they're going to just pass out. On the way, they're going to faint on the way because many of them have come from a long distance, from far, uh, King James said. And uh, he asked them and said, how many loaves, this loaves of bread, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. I like to read it that, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and break and break and break and break and break. He's breaking bread for 5,000 men. Not to mention their wives and their children. Probably 20,000 larger families, maybe 25,000. And the bread just kept breaking, just kept breaking. Uh, they'd go out and they'd hand out the bread. They'd come back with their basket empty and here, here's some more, here's some more. And they'd go back out and, and feed the multitude and they'd come back, man, we're, we're running out. You know, there's just a little bit left, but there was more, there was more. And this is a picture of the emotion of God. And the emotions of his son. 
It wasn't all miracles, but it was, this was a miracle. This was a great miracle. And this miracle uh, came to pass based on his care for the people. That he cared for those people. And he didn't want them to just pass out in the road and, and be faint and all of that. He wanted them to get home safely. And so that compassion that he has, many times it would probably be in place for us to say, Lord, make me compassionate. Make me have that compassion that you have for the lost and, and those others, Lord. And so he said, uh, if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. And his disciples said, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? He said, where are you going to get this? Who is here? Whence can a man satisfy these bread? The butternut truck isn't coming. Okay, it's where are you going to get these loaves? How are you going to satisfy these men here in the wilderness? And he asked them, how many loaves have ye? And they said seven. How I many of you know seven is a number of completion? Isn't, isn't that coincidental? <laughs> seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks. Isn't that awesome? And he broke. And he broke. And he broke. And gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. Verse 7 said, And they had a, a few small fishes. And he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. And so, the bread is multiplied, the fishes are multiplied, and the crowds are receiving from the compassion of Jesus Christ and God His Father. Jesus is, is He knows we're just flesh. He knows that we operate on, our bodies operate on food and drink and sleep and rest and all of those things. But yet he's just came by so many places and so many ways and so many times and just totally just turned it all upside down. Remember when Jesus had heard that Lazarus had, had taken sick and then on his journey by the way that he was going there, Lazarus died. And by the time that Jesus got there to Mary and Martha, uh, he was already sealed up in a tomb and they were weeping and they were crying. And, and Mary said, I believe it's Mary that said, Oh Lord Jesus, if you were just here, if you could have just been here, then I, I know that you could have healed him. But now that he has passed away and Jesus said, Tell me where you laid him. <laughs> Tell me where they laid him. And so they said, Well, come on, we'll show you. So the girls took him and and he didn't go by himself. It was them and his sisters. And then this great crowd got up and said, well, they must be going to the tomb to weep and to mourn and to cry. Uh, and, but Jesus was with them this time. And so, and this isn't in my notes. This is impromptu, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And so Jesus gets there 
and he doesn't worry about what the disease was. He doesn't make the call out and rebuke it and all of these things. Uh, Jesus just said, move the stone. Just go ahead and move the stone. Well, we're going to move the stone. This might be getting, ooh, by now, by now he's stinking. By now it ain't going to be good. You know, are you sure you want to move that stone? Yeah, are you sure you want to go in there? I'm not going in there. Well, why are we moving the stone? Because Lazarus is coming out. <laughs> Lazarus is coming out of there. He didn't move the stone to let Jesus in. They moved the stone to let Lazarus out. Amen? Isn't that awesome? And he knew uh, what he was going to do there. And, and yet he had compassion. When Mary and Martha were weeping, he wept. And I'm so grateful for that, that he hasn't separated. He wouldn't have to carry our burdens. He wouldn't have to care. Amen? Uh, but he does. And it's a part of who he is. You know, the world is, you know, just uh, whoever, the big and the strong and the mighty, they take whatever they want. But in the kingdom, the greatest in the kingdom are those that humble themselves and serve. And how grateful I am that God had brought me in connection with this kingdom of God. They had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. And so in verse 8, it says, And so they did eat and were filled. All right. And they took up the, the broken meat that was left, seven baskets. There's that number of completion again, right? Seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about 4,000. And he sent them away. 4,000 people. This is the God that we serve. This is what Jesus accomplished upon the earth. Uh, if you go back uh, behind uh, Mark 8, you'll find the conversation of the people trying to figure out how that Jesus even got across the sea because the disciples went that way and Jesus went up on a mountain and the disciples came back. And so they, the, the people began to ask why and how did he get uh, back because they were in the ship and he wasn't even in the ship. And of course, that's where Jesus walked on the water. And uh, so this is the God that we have. This is what God has put within our hearts and in our lives to understand that this creator that he made, he reached down in the dust of the earth and he formed a man and he breathed into him and he made him a living soul. And, and he said, I want to walk with you, Adam. I want to be in relationship with you and I want to grow with you and I want you to understand more and more the things of the kingdom of God. And no matter how many have walked away, he's still looking for those who will stay. He's still looking for those that have faith, those that believe and those that know, even in a dark period, that there is a light that goes beyond this world. Amen? Amen? We've all had situations that we were grieving and, and, and you just thought that grief would last forever. And sometimes, you know what, even 10 years, 15 years later, you just get a little sting about that. It's been this long by now. But we know, we know these people. We know uh, where Ray and Margaret are. And we know, with, oh, I shouldn't have started that, uh, because we've had so, so many 
and uh, that their fingerprints and their handprints and their worship and their singing has filled this house and for decades. And they jumped on vans and, and we went all the way out to uh, New Mexico, Mescalero, New Mexico, and, and uh, had a great crusade there. Uh, at the uh, Apache Reservation and all of those things. But these people are not just sitting in the dark. These people are not just, just muted and nothing. They are active. They are there. They're in the city of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? And so they are there. And uh, the, the Bible tells us that they're praying for us. Isn't that awesome? That there are this not only angels, but even higher than the angels, the, the redeemed are now sons of God. And they not only see and enjoy the heaven that they are in, but they are praying for us. Amen. They're praying for us that we may continue until we all join together. Amen. And so uh, Jesus... Jesus, because, where am I? Verse 8, that's what I thought I was. Uh, Mark 8, 10. Uh, Signed, oh yeah, this is good. This is good. Holy Spirit's good, isn't he? My part three here, signed seekers cause the Savior to sigh deeply. It says in verse 10, And straightway he entered into a ship, and came to parts of Damantutha. Sounds good. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why doth, why doth this generation seek after a sign? Why is this generation seeking after a sign? Amen. They, they were always wanting to quantify what God said that he was going to do. And so he's deep in this. He sighed deeply. It didn't really speak of anger. It, it was just like a wound perhaps. Or just that deep regret of what it was. He sighed deeply in his spirit. Why doth this generation seek after a sign? And he says, Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. He said, if you've got to have a sign, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. You're going to walk this thing out by faith or not at all. Amen. Amen. These miracles and the power the compassion of God when he saw the people, the men, you know, with, in their families. Jesus, a real man. He's not an allegory. He's not a story. You know, he was there and he did these things and he had it in his heart and he cared about the people. Amen. And so uh, he says, he sighed. He sighed deeply in his spirit. He wasn't angry. If it's like he was wounded or disappointed. Why doth this generation seek after a sign? How many times have we prayed and said, God, would you give me a sign? Or God, would you do this? 
if this is the direction that I need to go. You know what? We've got a greater relationship than to require on signs. We don't have to require a sign before Him because we have Him. We have Him. And so we don't need a sign. And so these miracles were happening. Jesus sighed and, and grieved over this seeking a sign. And I'm not going to do that for them, he said. And he left them and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. And now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them uh, more than one loaf. Okay, so Jesus, after meeting these people that were looking for a sign, he uh, left them and entered into the ship again, departed to the other side. And so we've been in this area for some weeks, but it's so much, so much activity that Jesus had done in this small space of time. And so now they're back in the boat and uh, the disciples are there and they forgot to take bread. They didn't have any bread. And so in the ship, they didn't have any more than one loaf. One loaf would not take care of the disciples and Jesus himself. But he's not worried about that. And Jesus goes on and he says, and it says, he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Don't be connected to this government. Don't be connected to this religion. I've got something more for you. I've got something greater for you. A relationship that is greater than religion could ever be. Or, or, and I can help you greater than government could ever help you. And he said, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of, the, of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it's because we have no bread. And if you, the next couple of verses, Jesus says, it's not about bread, guys. <laughs> This is not about bread. It was over there, but it's not now. And so on verse 19, he says, When I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many basketful of fragments took you up? And they said, Twelve. Twelve. Five loaves of bread among 5,000 men, women, and children. And they took up in... Twelve basketfuls of fragment. So he had more at the end than they had at the beginning. Isn't that awesome? And so he, he is, he's just that, that great. And when the seven among 4,000, that was another place that they multiplied uh, bread. And when the seven among 4,000, how many basketfuls of fragments took you up, and they said, Seven. And he said unto them, I can just about see him scratching his head. <laughs> and he said unto them, How is it that you do not understand? How is it that you do not understand? Church, Church of the Living God, we've seen enough. We have been witnesses enough of what God is able to do. We have children in this house, many of them that were, uh, the doctor said would never have children. And they're not little. I mean, there's a lot of little ones, but they're junior high, senior high, graduating high school. You know, God has done many, many great works in this house. Amen. He's healed many people. He's done 
uh, works of power. We have seen people get saved and we've seen things that are going to happen. Of course, the enemy doesn't want us to be firing on all cylinders because he knows that God has given us an anointing and a, that this church did not just happen to happen. That God had a purpose in this birthing, this particular church, and I'm sure He does in all churches. But they, they're with Him. They have seen what He has done. They have heard what He has said. And Peter, James, and John, they saw Him along with Elijah and Elisha. Stepped out of heaven and came there. We'll have to preach on that another time. And so... How is it that you do not understand? Little is much when God is in it. It don't take 12 baskets full of faith to get 12 baskets full of bread. Amen. <laughs> he honors faith. He honors faith. Hallelujah. And he cometh to Bethsaida and they bring him a blind man and besought him to touch him. It's my last passage. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. He wasn't going to make a spectacle out of him. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. How many of you know that's not clear vision? Right? And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Amen. Every man clearly. I remember uh, just in the time that we were going through this, the very pits of this no vitamin D and all of these things and it's just so crazy with all that went on and I guess most people will never know, but God, but God was good. And, and I remember the night uh, that he touched me. And, uh, and I knew it. I knew it. It was tangible. And I knew it. And, uh, and it was good. It was a good touch. Uh, but then he spoke again. And he said, I'm going to touch you again. And I had a second touch. And now I find it in the Bible that Jesus touched this man. And, but the man said, I see men as trees walking. It, it's, it's not good vision. It's vision, but not good vision. And, but that's not what the kingdom's about. Amen. And Jesus put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Amen. Brother and sister, it's not one and done. You don't have to pray once, and if it doesn't happen, it means that God's not going to do it. No, go back to the altar. Amen. Go back to the kingdom. Go back to the power. Amen. The miracles, the power, the compassion that reveal the gospel. Jesus wanted these people fed. He had compassion for them. He wanted to heal them. He wanted this blind man to be completely made whole. And he didn't do it for his own glory. He got the man out of town so it wouldn't be a spectacle. And then he healed. Let me close with just this thought. We are, we are in the same family in the kingdom. 
where miracles, power, compassion reveal the gospel. Amen. And that's what we're going to do till the trumpet sounds. Hallelujah. Because I believe it's not very long now for the trumpet to sound. Amen. I'm reading a book about the chronological uh, things of Revelation. And uh, it was given to me, and I've gotten about halfway or a third way uh, in there. And it's good, and it's just, just put wood on my fire. <laughs> Amen. I believe, I believe. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter to us who are blood-bought. Because whether we go by the grave, we don't lay in a grave. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We go into the presence of the Lord immediately. And so that body, my body's probably just going to lay there and rest the jaw for a while. Yeah. And then when the trumpet sounds and we all get reunited together, the, the hoarseness will be gone and the jaws will just roll right on by. <laughs> Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.